Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Keep Going podcast here at Ramp Studios. My name is Daniel Hembry, and I'm here with none other than Bishop S.Y. Younger. Daniel. How are we doing tonight? Oh, doing great, Daniel. Good. Uh, it's good to be at home. Yes. Here on the campus of the Ramp Church International. Amen. The mother, the motherland. Yes, sir. Mother Church. Mother Church. There yeah. we go. Well, yeah, I think we, uh, we just want to have a conversation tonight. I want to ask you um, why, you know, I've, I've been here at the church uh, at, at uh, the Ramp for about a year and a half now. And wow. I have experienced just some of the most welcoming um, just open arms experience um, from the college kids perspective um, for those of you who don't know I'm a student at Liberty University which is just about 10 minutes uh, from the Ramp Church International and um, you know the Lord led me to this to this church and I have just been welcomed with such open arms and um, and Bishop has just poured into me so much and so I wanted to ask you why why do you think that culture exists in our church and why do you think that's so important in addition to that why do you why do you find it so um you know why is it so important to to invest in the younger generation of the church especially college-age students well daniel it is um it has been said about us uh, over and over and over uh that our church culture is very kind uh People are very mm -hmm. welcoming. Yeah, uh, I think it. I think it's multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. First of all, we're in the South. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's been said that people in the South are friendly, even if they're insulting. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know when it when people in the South say, "Oh, bless your heart," <laughs> you, you know, know that <laughs> that is not a compliment. <laughs> uh, but so we're in the South. People in the South have a tendency to be. Uh, a little bit more hospitable yeah uh, but I believe every church reflects the culture of the leader mm -hmm. and I come from a very hospitable family a very we're from a one-stop light town called Gretna Virginia and the nucleus of our church uh, we would just became family yeah and I believe as the church has grown we did not want to lose that storefront country feel mm hmm some people want to do ministry without doing people yeah yeah yeah. but you know ministry is doing people mm -hmm. you know and so if you can't do people you may not be called to this i genuinely love the people that yeah. god has called me to to serve when you look at the garment of the high priest mm -hmm. he had 12 stones on his yeah. on his chest the breastplate and it stood for the 12 tribes and that says something that god what god was communicating that these precious stones represent my people. My mm -hmm. people are valuable to me. Yeah. And I think I'm seeing now more and more in this CEO church culture. Yeah. Where pastors and leaders uh, are being at a more and more distance from the people. Mm -hmm. But I'm always leery when I'm around pastors who are shepherds that don't smell like sheep. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I used to didn't I used to didn't understand why some pastors were kind of standoffish. Yeah. I get it now. Um, some of them, it's not because they're haughty, it's not because they're arrogant. Some pastors have been hurt more times than they can count. Yeah. And sometimes when we talk about church hurt, we all talk about it from one aspect of how leaders have hurt shepherd. Uh, mm -hmm. Leaders have hurt uh, people in the flock. Yeah. But imagine how many times it has happened vice versa to a pastor who has to consistently stay in the same position in place yeah 
no matter how they're handled, Absolutely. no matter how they're mistreated, no matter how many times they may feel abandoned. Yeah. And uh, so some pastors and some leaders, because of that, they stay at a distance from people mm-hmm. like college students. Yeah. Because you have to realize, if you think about it, our church is now 18 years old. When we started the church, we were college students. Yeah. Imagine how many rotations of oh college goodness. students have come through this church. Yeah. So when it comes to investing, you know, common sense will say, huh, don't spend a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. You don't know how long they're going to be here. For they sure. may be here for, sure. for one semester. They may be here for 20 years. They may be here for the, just the four years they're here in college. You don't know. So the logic says invest in who you know is going to stay. Yeah. But in the kingdom of God, <laughs> it says serve what's in front of you. Yeah. Serve who is in front of you. Yeah. Because I may sow into you, Daniel, and you may not stay here long. Hmm. But who knows? You may become the pastor of this church. You know? <laughs> you know, you don't know the mind of God. Totally. But you can sow in one place and reap in another. Yeah, yeah. And what I pour into you, you know, it'll never depart out of the earth. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom of God is bigger than our local assembly. Yeah. And so um, one reason why I really minister to college students and I have a heart, you know, y'all have me out here multiple days a week <laughs> having prayer. <laughs> It's I'm going to be honest it's with true. you. It keeps me fresh. Yeah. It keeps me uh, passionate. Your passion speaks to my passion. Mm. See, what sometimes people don't realize is that the flock can put a demand on the shepherd's anointing. Hmm. Yeah. The expectation, the desire, the passion of the people can stir a passion in the heart of the leader. Yeah. Nothing is worse sometimes when you're sitting there studying and you're wondering, I'm doing all this studying, but is anybody going to even remember it or receive it? Totally. And my mother said something a long time ago. She said, I want to treat these college students and the people who come into this church like I treat my own children Mm -hmm. because they are away from their parents. Yeah. And I never know when my son is in another country or my Mm -hmm. daughter is away from me. That I believe if I sow into them and minister to them, mm-hmm. in turn, if my children are in need somewhere and I can't get to them, God will raise up others mm-hmm. to minister to them. Wow. And I'm going to say it like this. Now traveling all over the country, ministering, I have people walk up to me and say, wow, you were my pastor in college. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I'll be like, wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And. And their experience is like, you blessed me when yeah. we were in college. Absolutely. I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when I came to your church. Yeah. And ultimately, isn't that the goal? Hmm. That we will minister in such a way that we will point people not to us. Yep. But we'll point people to Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. Point people to Jesus. So um, I enjoy it. Yeah. It, keep, it keeps me stirred. Now, sometimes it makes me think I'm younger than what I am. <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty demanding like that. Yeah, but then then too, <laughs> it blows my mind because, like, what year were you born? Two thousand two. That doesn't even sound real. <laughs> that you were born in two thousand two. Yeah, I started the church in two thousand and five. So yeah. how old were you? I was, I mean, three, four years old. That don't even sound right. Yeah. So, I think. <laughs> 
being around um, the young people in the church keeps me stirred. And then I got to remember too, right? I believe there is no success without succession. Mm-hmm. That's real. And sometimes when I look at your generation, I'd be like, oh, help us, Lord. You know, who's going who's to lead That's the real. church? Help us, Lord. Yeah. And then I'm reminded, hold on, we were your age when we started the yeah. church. The church administrator was like 19. The preachers were 20 and 21 <laughs> years old. Yeah. I remember That's I real. was one of the oldest members of the church. I was 26. Hmm. Starting the church. I started on campus at 23. Yeah. And so... I have to remind myself that we didn't know what we were doing either. Mm-hmm. We were stumbling in the dark, but totally. some kind of way totally. through the chaos of it, we were being led by the spirit. Yeah. We we're being led by the spirit. Yeah. So um, you came from, when when you came here though, you came from a, a, a mega church. Yeah, sort of, kind of. Um, so I, um, I call Nashville, Tennessee, my home. Uh, my family and I have been there for about 12 years now. So shout out Nashville. I know we got some family there. Um, but yeah, I um, whenever I'm home, I go to the Belonging Company, um, which is led That's by... the name of the church? Yeah. The Belonging Company. Y'all yeah. see how these church names... What happened to, <laughs> what happened to Mount Olive and Mount Carmel? Greater, greater Light. Now, now we got... Ramp Church, Green yeah. Grass, Red Church, <laughs> for sure. Belong Company. Yeah, the okay. Belonging Company, um, and there's it's a pretty powerful and beautiful uh, God story behind that name, uh, where they always say that you you belong before you believe. Mm. Um, so they, I mean, an amazing culture of just love. Same same kind of thing because it's Nashville. You get that sweet Southern hospitality, uh, but it's a very different culture. Um, Obviously, it being downtown Nashville, you get a lot of hipsters, a lot of creatives, a lot of music artists. But, um, you know, that was my church background um, that I entered into when I really began to uh, have a personal relationship with Jesus and to begin to inquire of things of the Spirit and um, really have my first exposure to it. And so coming here to Liberty, I came in looking for a church like The Belonging. And um, I think that's what a lot of students do. I think a lot of them come in and they look for what's familiar because mm. it's comfortable. Um, and I, I praise God that he didn't give me what I had wanted and that I didn't find what I was seeking. Because had I, you know, had I found a church that was like the belonging here, I would have missed out on so much. Not to say God wouldn't have used it, but I would have missed out on on what he wanted to expand in me. Wow. And there have been experiences here at the ramp and, you know, impartations that I've received here, um, as well as just teaching, teaching of, of what it means to be a part of the church, what it means to serve in the church, what it means to to be called up and held accountable within the church. Um, well, I'm that's glad a- you brought that up because I was out of town on Sunday mm-hmm. and I was looking for you in the audience on the live stream and I watched you when you walked in late. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. There you go, guys. I Accountability. Mean- <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, that is so powerful yes. what you're saying because the Bible says Peter and John came to the temple to yeah. pray. Yeah. And there was a lame man mm-hmm. expecting to receive alms. But instead, he got healing. Yeah. He has to be glad. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't get what he expected. Totally. And you were looking. You were in a new place yep. looking for something familiar. Totally. Boy, you minister. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, I mean, it was a wild experience. Mm. And I'm grateful um, that I ended up, um, you know, the Lord led me to the ramp through, uh, you know, a series of, of nothing short of miracles um, of me ending up with my, uh, my at the time, roommate. Um, who ended up, you know, he ended up le- leading me here to the ramp. And I showed up, and I had never been to a church that was of any sort of Pentecostal background. Uh, not to say, like, the belonging, yeah, they, they're still spirit-filled and all that, but I wasn't used to this culture of the church. Yeah, this this um, expression of Pentecost, yes, right. totally, yeah. totally. And to be honest bishop it was a lot it was a lot coming in yeah oh my goodness i remember some some lady i can't remember who because it's just the memory is just like it's everyone is just new faces and now they're they're family but back then it was still i was just like okay there's a lot of people um some lady fell out beside me hit me on the way down and i remember joshua told me not that long ago that he saw that happen and in that moment he said yep it's done He's never coming back. <laughs> and for for a second there, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, oh, oh, she's on the ground now. That's that's something. But Bishop, the powerful thing of all that is funny. But, but now the powerful you, thing. Now you're out in the <laughs> there you go. Uh, but the the powerful thing is that I showed up in an unfamiliar place in an unfamiliar church culture, but I was still able to recognize the same presence of God. Uh. It was the same presence of God to the point of where I walked in and there was so much going on. And to me, it was distracting mm-hmm. because I wasn't used to it. Right. But I was able to just say, wait a minute, Lord, I, I recognize that this is still your presence. Mm-hmm. That Lord, this worship may look different, but it's worship to the same God. And so I said, well, it's just like with the flags. I didn't grow up in the church. Oh, yeah. With me neither. Flags. Me neither. And so. I remember when they first got introduced, I was like, oh, this is so distracting. But now I don't even recognize. I don't even, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't acknowledge the flags. Yeah. Because to me, it's a beauty to it now. Totally, totally. But I think when God brings us into new places in order for us to receive, we have to allow God to stretch our capacity. Yeah. Because really is what it is. See, a lot of times people want multicultural churches. They want diverse worship. Mm-hmm. But really, they want they don't want unity. They want uniformity. Yes. Yeah. Because uniformity doesn't make you stretch. Mm-mm. And the more God increases your capacity, the more you can start seeing God in everything. Totally. Ugh, you totally. can see God in everything. It's huge. When I grew up in church, the way we pray is somebody would start praying, mm-hmm. and everybody would lift their voice and start praying hmm. at the same exact time. Yeah. And. Uh, so now, of course, I'm, I'm a part of different cultures of ministry where you totally. don't pray like that. You totally. let that person pray, and yeah. the rest of us go, mm, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but somebody asked my friend Jason Davis one time said, "How do you all handle all this praying at the same time?" Hmm. He says, "You just focus on talking to God, yeah, and not listening to others." That's real. Yeah, that was my experience with it too. That was Perfect. powerful. I didn't realize that happened to you on the first service. Yeah. Somebody fell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was a moment to remember for sure. But I say that um, for the sake of, you know, I, I, I remember I went home after that service mm-hmm. 
and it was a lot to process. And I just said, all right, Lord, I know I've been looking for a church. And at this point, I had, I had spent most of my freshman year church hopping, wandering around, mm-hmm. um, longing for another encounter in the presence of God, like I had experienced at The Belonging. Right, because right? I had had many encounters with the presence of God, just mm. being undone, and and having some real breakthrough there, and I was longing for that same presence, and I wasn't finding that at uh, at the places that I was church hopping, uh, and I knew I needed to be plugged in, and so I say that because that I, I spent time praying after that service for about two weeks. I was just like, Lord, if this is where you want me, this is where I'll be, and but why? were you still contemplating the ramp because if you had visited other churches is it was it something though in the atmosphere that oh you absolutely not, that you could not deny that yes could, okay. oh it was that same presence because i had gone to all those other churches mm-hmm. and had felt that you know a lot of them and it's not to shame them it's not to to downplay what god is doing in their churches but it, a lot of them it, w- it just wasn't the same capacity to which i had experienced it before and mm-hmm. so and so I said, all right, I want at least, at least that much. And, and you know, who are we to, to quantify the presence of God whenever he moves? But at the same time, it was just, it was undeniable that God was there in, in, a, in a way that I, that I yearned for. And so I remember just showing up again, and the Lord really just convicted me. And he said, this is where I have you. Now, are you going to jump in or are you going to spectate? And I said, all right, Lord. I'm in. I'm in. That's and so, powerful. And I'm proud of you because so many um, college students, not just in our city, all over the country, they leave home and they go to college. And for four years, they don't get planned totally, anyway. Totally. Yeah. And you think about it. This is the first church you join as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. You know, without your family. Totally. Your totally. And That's so a lot of times people, are they, they waste Four years, yeah, five some five years, yeah, not getting plugged in somewhere because they're still looking for what's back at yep. home, yep, and they end up being potted instead of planted. Totally, See, if you put a tree in a pot, it can still grow, but its growth is limited to the size of the yep. pot. Yep, but if you get planted, you have unlimited growth. Yeah, and so I'm so glad because if God would bring you to a city, it's bigger than a college degree mm-hmm. totally. that he's bringing you totally. according to a divine purpose. Yeah. But we have to wrap up because um, Elder Claude has given me cues. <laughs> he's yep. hungry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but really I just wanted to honor you for, mm-hmm. for the investment that you have, have made because um, I remember as soon as I cho- did choose to jump in and really say, all right, Lord, whatever you have for me here, I want it. Um, you immediately took me under your wing and just kept pouring into me, even when I had stupid questions about the culture and you know um, questioning this and that and not understanding. But you really, you saw past that, and I, I really honor you for being able to sense what God was doing. And there were so many moments where I just got the honor of of um, really encountering God in a new way because it was in a new culture, but the same God. It would just it it broadened my view of how he moves of who he is of how he loves and and how we can worship him and um, wow. it was powerful so i honor you for that and um yeah thank you for for sharing you know what it's like uh to be in that very vulnerable position 
but still to be faithful to serve what's in mm. front of you, even when it comes and goes. So, thank wow. you. I I needed that more than what you knew. Thank mm. you. Well, thank you all for joining us. Remember, I know what it feels like um, to get tired and mm -hmm. to cry. Yeah. And we feel like you can't stop crying. Yeah. But whatever you do, don't stop. Yeah. Keep going. Amen. Bless you. Love y'all. God be with you. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.